0: Good morning, everyone,
1: and good afternoon to some of you. Welcome to Sedona Blog Radio. This is Karma Talk. Uh, Tammy Adams was not able to be here today because she was in a place where she was not able to broadcast, where there was no reception. So this is Sarah Jacobs, Tammy's assistant, and I'm going to be sharing the message that Tammy gave me to share with you today. I want to um give you con- Tammy's contact information. If you reach if you wish to contact Tammy, you can reach her at www.growinginknowledge.com. You can also, um, she also has a new website at com. And the phone number to her office is 916-930-0781. Again, this is, uh, Sarah Jacobs, Tammy Adams assistant, sharing her message with you this morning on Karma Talk. And the subject today is in order to be connected with our angels, we do need to be trusting them. So it's important. It's a very important subject. Uh, We're going to be talking about trust today. We're also going to be talking a little bit more about your guardian angels and how to establish a stronger connection with them. Trust. What is it really? let's get to the bottom of why you do not trust. If our God above has been able to trust us with earth and all the creatures that were created for us, then why can we not trust our loved ones or people around us, but more importantly, our angels, dominion over the earth? Dominion means to subdue or have power over the earth. God has power over his creation, but he gave us dominion or rule over the animals. This is mentioned in Genesis 126. And we were to subdue the earth, which is mentioned in Genesis 128. Having dominion over the earth and the plants and animals is a huge responsibility. We must use these gifts wisely as God intended, not selfishly or without thought. For the life of both plants and animals. They are things. They have life. And we must treat them with respect. What do I mean by treating them with respect? Here are some examples. And this is uh, something I'm more most familiar with. When American Indians go to gather herbs and plants for food and healing, they always pray for them, giving thanks and they never take more than they need. They do similar things when they use animals for food. They pray for the animal before they kill it and use every part of it so their life was never wasted. There are other people and cultures that do the same thing or similar things. We should not waste food or water. If you have food left over, give it to someone who is hungry. In other words, you may have some turkey left over, for example, from Thanksgiving or from another meal. Make some sandwiches and go hand them out to the homeless. Give them to somebody you know, maybe a neighbor that is not as blessed as you are. If you are eating at a restaurant and and you have food left over, you know it's going to be dumped out. Have it put in a to-go box and give it to somebody or leave it someplace where somebody who is hungry can find it and have that food. Do not waste water, as all life depends on water for survival. I'm sure you can all think of other examples. There's a passage in the Bible that says, even the rocks cry out for the return of the Lord. This is in Romans 8, 19. For the creation eagerly waits with anticip- anticipation for God's Son to be revealed. The creation waits and cries out, as we see in the next verse, for the return of the Lord and Jesus. The angels and those believers that have gone before us all wait for Jesus to straighten out the mess that we have made. What do we do? What can we do other than cry out with nature and the world for the return of the Lord? In Genesis 1.26, it says, Let us make Man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So we were literally assigned dominion over the earth by God. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is from Matthew. This is a good question. We need to develop and use our faith and be faithful to respect the gifts that God has given to each and every one of us. If you acknowledge and use the gifts God has given you, then it is much easier to believe that God does love you and wants to help and protect you and give you the desires of your heart. Why can we not trust our loved ones or people around us. There are many reasons why people are not able to trust the people around them. And here are just a few examples. Many people have been hurt before by the people they trusted most. Ever since this happened, they are unable to trust another person at that level of trust again. It is unfortunate the evil one will sometimes and often uses the people closest to us to hurt us. And this is really the deepest type of pain. These are people you love, that you believe people love you, and you've trusted them, allowed them to get close to you, and then they do something that hurts you so deeply that you feel that you can't trust them again. Some people have unrealistic expectations of other people and they will never be able to live up to those expectations. Remember, no one is perfect and neither are we. Give that person the benefit of the doubt, especially if you know that they really love you. We all make mistakes. We all say or do things um, that may let somebody down. Um, And yes, there are people that have unrealistic expectations, but we are all human and we all need to do the best that we can. Some people have unrealistic expectations of themselves. They do not forgive themselves when something goes wrong or they make a mistake, especially when it hurts someone they love or someone who really trusted them to do a good job. Sometimes we are the hardest people on ourselves and we need to learn to forgive ourselves and be able to move forward. Many people do not trust their own feelings, so they are unable to trust or believe in the people around them. I know there are people out there who would deliberately get close to you to hurt or use you, But not everyone is like that. Trust your gut instinct. Let your angels guide you. What are some of the reasons you do not trust other people? It is important to know why you do not trust others so you can change to be able to trust again. Why can we not trust our angels? The saddest thing is when people do not trust God or their angels. Even if you don't trust people, you should be able to trust God and the angels assigned to you by him. But really, what are some of the reasons people do not trust God or their angels? There are some people who have set out to help others in the name of God and have hurt them instead. From time to time, you will hear of someone who is a religious or spiritual leader actually hurting the people they are supposed to be helping. This is a terrible thing to do. If you are going to represent God, then you need to be very careful what you say and do in his name. Your words and behavior may be the only thing a non-believer knows or learns about God. Their decision to let God in as part of their life may be based on what you said or what you did. And I think this is a very important point. A lot of us have developed a perception of God and um, Jesus and our angels based on what others have told us or shown us um, as far as what they believe about God and the heavenly realm. But I want you to know that teachers and preachers, people like those, are held to a higher level of responsibility. And let me explain to you what I'm talking about. In James 3, 1 through 2, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Another verse in Titus 2, 7 and 8. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about you. We don't love ourselves, so it's hard to believe that God loves us. And this is true for some people. It is unfortunate that some people do not have enough respect or love for themselves to believe in their hearts that God truly loves them and wants the best for them. You need to remind yourself regularly of God's promises to you. Many people's perspective of their Heavenly Father comes from their early father, their earthly father, which may have been distorted. And when we think of God as our Father, um, this is frequently true. Not everyone grew up with a model father. Some people grew up without fathers. And some people had fathers that were very um, harsh or cruel or very cold people. And this is not at all like our Heavenly Father. So it's important that you find out especially if you're one of these people, that you find out really the nature of God and who he is and his promises and his love, his deep, deep love for each and every one of us. Some people have never experienced unconditional love, and so they are unable to believe that such a thing exists. Unfortunately, some people have been so damaged by the people who are supposed to have loved them the most that they truly do not know what love or unconditional love really is. They only know the pain, the hurt, and emptiness that comes from abuse and lack of love in their lives. But the good news is they can experience God's love and unconditional love. From the people God will send into their lives, they just have to be open to it. Some people feel or have been taught or feel that they must earn God's love. God does not expect you to earn his love. That is impossible because we are all humans. We all make mistakes. There is nothing you can do to improve yourself so that he will love you. He loves you just as you are, and his love for you can transform you into the person he intended for you to be. Some people are afraid of what God will ask them, so they keep their distance from God and their angels. Let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. Some people have, have bad habits that need to be changed and they do not want to change. Others are mean and cruel to others and take the control they have over their own life and do not want to give that up. They like the control they have over, over their own life. And sometimes they have control over, over other people's lives as well that needs to be given up so that God control can control both their lives and the lives of others that they are trying to control. And there are still other people that just don't want to give up control over various aspects of their life. They may say, okay, God, you know, I'll go to church, I'll do this, I'll feed the homeless, I'll do that, touch my money, don't tell me how to spend my money or don't tell me how to spend my time. Other than that, you know, Sunday when I give that day to you. But we have to remember that God did not create each and every one of us with a that God did create each and every one of us with a purpose. And only he knows what is best for each and every one of us. He wants us to be blessed and happy and to prosper and to know what true love is. What do we need to do to build trust back up in our lives? We need to believe that there is more to life than what we have experienced or known so far. Some of you see people around you finding love and happiness and you wonder, how do they do that? Or there is someone you know that you are supposed to connect with, but you don't know how to go about making that connection. Some of you have worked hard all your life and you know that you have gifts, but nothing spectacular ever seems to happen. And you are stuck in a place you know in your heart that you do not belong. You know God has more for you, but you can't move forward. This is what we are going to talk more about today. We need to believe that God has nothing but the best plan for our lives. He wants us to be happy, be loved, be successful, and fulfill our purpose here on earth. We need to change the way we think, to be positive, not negative. Instead of thinking, gee, I know I could never get that promotion. I know I don't deserve it. We need to think, I know God wants me to live a successful life. And if I am supposed to get that promotion, nothing can stop me from it. We also need to know in our hearts that sometimes the things we think God wants for us are the things we want for ourselves. And he has a better plan of what to give you and how you need to get to that place. Sometimes the timing is just off. We know we're supposed to have something, but it doesn't happen in the time frame that we expect or need it to happen or think that we need it to happen. But it says, uh, trust that he knows what is best for you. And in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and I think this is a very, very powerful, very, very important verse. It says, Trust in the Lord all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him or submit to him and he will make your path straight. In other words, he's basically saying, hey, guys, I have everything in control. Let me help you accomplish, and receive all the blessings that I have for you. Just trust me and follow my directives. You may need to change the way you talk and be more positive about what you say about yourself. In James 3.5, it says, the tongue is a small part of the body. In Proverbs 18.21, it says, it has the power of life and death. And again, they're referring to the tongue or what you're saying. In Proverbs 15:4, it says, A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. This means physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You can actually put negative energy towards your future rather than put positive energy towards what you want or need to do. Be careful what you say. Also be careful what you think because both can hurt you. And I want to also remind you to be careful of what you say to other people or wish on other people as well because, again, there's a very strong power in what you say and what you think. You can take a very, God can take a very negative situation and turn it into a blessing for you. Let me give you a personal example. I had decided to go back to school. I knew it was not going to be easy because I was going to be working full time, taking care of my family and going to school full time. But I knew that I was supposed to do this. As soon as I enrolled in school, I fell and broke my leg. I was in a cast from my toe to my thigh. There was so much negativity in my life at that time that God needed to get my attention and change almost every aspect of my life. In the end of this transformation, I had complete peace, had a beautiful home, and I was able to take care of my children and to complete school. Tammy came into my life at that time, and so she was able to help me with every aspect of my life to make the right choices and find happiness and peace through it all. Sometimes we are in such a negative place that God has to change so many aspects of our life very quickly, which can be overwhelming. But in the end, it is a huge blessing. Later on, you can look back and see all the miracles that happened to get you where you are. Some of you have bad karma that you really need to get rid of before you can move forward. If you know something is wrong and you need help identifying what needs to change and how to change your karma, you may need to contact Tammy and have her help you with this. Some of you need healing before you can re- receive all that God and your angels have for you. If this is the case, you may want to buy Tammy's new book titled The Secret to Your Chakras. You can buy it at Amazon.com. Again, the name of the book is The Secret to your chakras. This is a self-help book in which Tammy wants to be able to help you to identify if any of your chakras are blocked. And if they are, it has very specific instructions that tells you how to clear each and every one of your chakras. She did this because there were so many people that were asking for her to give them something that they could use to help themselves more um, in the area of healing and removing blockages. And so this is what she created. It's a very small, very simple book, very easy to understand. And I encourage each and every one of you to get it um because it's really, really helpful and very useful all of you should be meditating each day to help to stay connected to your guardian angel and to release negativity and receive positive energy and healing. And how you do this is, and Tammy recommends that you do this about 20 minutes each day. You breathe in the positive through your nose and exhale the negative through your mouth. This helps you to stay in balance but it also helps you to stay more connected to your guardian angel. It's important that you protect that you put protection around yourself each day and do not give negativity a chance to hurt you or come into your space. And this is another thing that you can ask your guardian angel to do. This is another thing that you can um ask during a meditation or visualize during a meditation. Some of you may need to have a session with Tammy to find out what is blocking you from love, happiness, and success. She may need to do a healing for you to help you move forward. And again, if you want to contact Tammy, she's at www.growinginknowledge.com or you can call her office at 916-930-0781. Now, why should we trust our angels? Ever since the beginning, God has created and assigned an angel or angels to each and every one of us. Each angel is as unique and different as we are. Some of us need angels who are soft and loving to help us heal from the past. Others need angels who are fierce and strong because they will be carrying out God's work in a strong and a mighty way. Some of you may need more than one angel because the work we are assigned to do requires several different types of angels to help us through this lifetime and our other lifetimes. Our guardian angels were sent to help us through this lifetime as well as to protect us. This is just one of our connections to God himself. Whether you believe in guardian angels or not, each person does have a guardian angel. Even if you get mad at them and tell them to leave, they will not leave your sight. Obviously, if they are here to help us and protect us, it is important that we communicate with them. They would never harm us. and and constantly are protecting us and trying to communicate with us to give us the messages we need to be safe and find success in all areas of our life. Tammy communicates with your guardian angel. This is how she gets the information for you. Some of you are so blocked you may need to have a session with Tammy to find out more details about your life and what is happening and how to be more connected to your angels. She can actually help open you up more spiritually as well. What does God say about angels? God speaks about angels in the Bible. The mention of angels is inclusive in scriptures. In the Bible, these celestial beings were referred to 196 times. 103 times in the Old Testament and 93 times in the New Testament. And I found that from Bible.org. He talks about what he has sent them to do and gives examples of how they have helped people. The word angel is derived from the Greek word angelos, which means messenger. And this is from 1 Thessalonians 4.16. Here's what he says and here are some of the um, passages from directly from the Bible um, that are talking about angels. For sh- For he, and they're referring to God, shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And that's probably one of my favorite verses in regards to angels. This is Psalms 91.11. And obviously, they're talking about here, about your guardian angel, although other angels sometimes do get involved in your life. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. This is from Colossians 1.16. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? And this comes from 1 Corinthians 6 3. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? This is from Hebrews 1, 13, and 14. In Luke 2, 9 through 18, it speaks of how the angels announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds. Then the evil one left him. And in this verse, they're referring to Jesus. And behold, angels came to minister to him. And again, they're referring to Jesus. This is from Matthew 4.11 and this is where they're talking about Jesus went into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and at the end of this fast is when the angels came to minister to him and the evil one of course was attacking him during this time. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven even so it is not the will of your father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish and this is Matthew 18 10 and 14 God has a special place in his heart for children and he really puts extra protection around them and um we need to be careful not to hurt children. But Jesus said to them, his disciples, Or do you not think that I cannot now pray to my Father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? This is from Matthew twenty-eight fifty-three, And this is right. Um, God, Jesus was very heavy. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was praying. He asked his disciples disciples to go with him um, because he was he knew what he was going to have to go through and he knew how difficult it was going to be. And it, even in another passage, it talks about how he was sweating literally drops of blood. Um, but, you know, he even explains here, even Jesus had free choice and free will. And when he said, don't you know that I could pray and, you know, my heavenly Father would send 12 legions of angels. That is a military turn back from that um, time. And a legion is at least 6,000. Um, it could be more than that, but a minimum of 6,000. So you can see that if Jesus really wanted to step out of what he was supposed to do at the cross, he could have done it. But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them, the apostles, out. This is from Acts 5.19. The apostles were in prison, uh, of course, because they were God's followers and they were preaching the word of God. Um, And at night an angel literally opened up the prison doors for them and let them out. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Jesus, Strengthening him. This was during the time of his crucifixion and is referred to in Luke 22:43. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was well of whatever disease he had. This is from John 5, 2 through 4. Then as he, and they're referring to Elijah, lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on the coals in a jar of water. This is from First Kings nineteen five through six. And Elijah was actually in the process of running away or fleeing uh, from his captors, and he became very very fatigued and tired and lay down. And they knew that he was going to need food and water because he had a long journey ahead and he didn't have much time, and so the angels actually came and brought him food and water. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared for you. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you. And he continues to name all the people that will be conquered as a result. And he's talking to one of God's servants. I believe it was Abraham. This is in Exodus 23, 20 through 22 But while he thought about this, and they're referring to Joseph, who was the father of Jesus, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. This is from Matthew 1.22. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you see Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come see the place where he lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And that's from Matthew 28, 2 through 7. So it was that the beggar, Lazarus they're referring to, died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man dies and was buried. This is all described in Luke 16:22. Now I want you to know that Lazarus was a beggar and he actually lay at the gate of this particular rich man's house asking for just the scraps or, you know, the scraps of food that they were basically going to throw out. But he was never given any food by the rich man the rich man went to Hades or, and asked for Abraham to let Lazarus come and cool his tongue with water. And once he had found out the truth about, you know, what would happen as a result of the way he lived his life, he actually also asked Abraham to allow Lazarus to, um, or to send somebody to go back and warn the rest of his family so that they didn't end up in the same predicament. For by him all things were created, both in heaven, in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's from Colossians one sixteen through seventeen. In Revelation four, eight it says each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And in Daniel nine twenty-one to 22, it says, While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seeing in the earlier vision came to me in swift light about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. And in Daniel 10, 14, it says, now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. So having heard these these verses and these all come directly from the Bible, what are some of the things that angels do? One of the things I want to explain to you and I didn't know this until I actually met Tammy and she had referred a book to me called Ask Your Angels and um, as I was reading it, it talked about the different types of angels. And these were mentioned, of course, in Colossians 1, 16, and 17, the different types. There are numerous references to angels by God who is declared to be the creator of all, which includes angelic beings. And Paul wrote, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, and again, these are all references to angels. All things have been created by him and for him. There was supposedly a book, and this was mentioned in um, the book I had just mentioned to you, Ask Your Angel. A book written by Dionysus the Areopagite, a disciple, in other words, a disciple of St. Paul. In this book, he identifies three categories of spheres of angels with three orders in each again this is from the book ask your angel these are some of the different types of angels or heavenly beings and what they do in the first sphere or order are angels who serve as heavenly counselors and the first type mentioned under this sphere is the seraphim the highest hierarchy, the celestial being said to surround the throne of God, singing the music of the spheres and regulating the movement of the heavens as it emulates from God. Seraphims are mentioned in Isaiah 6, 2, 3, 6, and 7. This word or seraphim means fierce ones, an allusion as it's supposed to, their burning love. And when they talk about their burning love, it's their burning love for God. They are represented as standing above the king as he sat upon his throne, ready at once to minister to him. Their form appears to have been human with the addition of six wings. This word in the origin is is used elsewhere um, and refers to fiery serpents. They are sent by God as his instruments to inflict on the people the righteous penalty of sin. They praise and glorify God at all times. Then there's the cherubs, and we all have heard the word cherubs, and we think of those chubby little cute angels that we see in landscapes and on fountains, but that's not exactly how they're described here. Cherubims are are guardians of light and of the stars. Cherubims were first mentioned in the Garden of Eden. And it says, so he drove out man. They're referring to Adam. This is from Genesis 3.24. Also, to form the throne and the chariot of Jehovah in his manifestation of himself on earth. He dwelleth between and sitteth on the cherubim. And this is mentioned in First Samuel 4:4, 4, 4, Psalms 81 and Ezekiel 1:26 and 28. They are said to have four faces and four wings. Their role is to guard God's holy domain and presence from any sin and corruption. Then the third category is the thrones. They are companion angels of the planets. The Earth angel is guardian of our world. The second sphere of angels are the angels who work as heavenly governors. First, we have dominions. Dominions are the heavenly beings who govern the activities of all the angelic groups lower than they are. They also serve to integrate the spiritual and the material world. Although they take their orders from God and rarely contact individuals, their work is still connected to our reality. The next category is the virtues. They are able to beam out massive levels of divine energy. And the third group under the the second sphere of angels is the powers. They are the bearers of the consciousness of all humanity, the keepers of our collective history. The angels of birth and death are in this category. They are able to draw down and hold the energy of the divine plan the same way trees draw down the energy of the sun. In this way, the powers can send all of us a vision of a world spiritual networks. The third category are the angels who function as heavenly messengers. The first group in is called the principalities. They are the guardian angels of all large groups, from cities and nations to recent human creations, such as multinational corporations. They might now more accurately be called the integrating angels. Then there are the archangels. It is suggested that they be called the overlighting angels, since they attend the larger arenas of human endeavors. There are many different types of overlighting angels in this large family. The four most familiar are Gabriel, Michael, Raphael, and Uriel. Then the next and last group of angels we call our angels. They are the ones closest to humanity, the ones most concerned with human affairs, the ones who are most familiar with our guardian angels or companion angels. In other words, they are basically our guardian angels who will guard us and also guide us to greater consciousness. I want to also remember, and I'm not really going to talk about this today, about the fallen angels. The angels who God created, they turned their backs on God. And they are the ones who um, create the negativity in our lives and try to keep us from staying connected to our Heavenly Father. As you can see, there are many types of things that angels do. After reading what the Bible says about angels and looking at the different types of angels, we can see that they serve many special functions. They get, But they all get their orders from God. And they all carry out God's plan. Here are some of the things that they do. They praise God. They are God's messenger. They worship God constantly. They help and protect us. They warn us of danger. They go before us in battle. And one of the things I like to do before I have something important that I need to accomplish is I pray and ask my angels to go before me to help get things ready so that I can accomplish what I need to accomplish. They are our connection with God. They serve God. They are his helpers. At times they come in human form. And I can remember one particular time I was at a gas station. I was trying to get some gas. And this woman drove up in the station wagon full of things. She looked like she was homeless. And she came up to me and asked me to give her a hug. And normally I wouldn't do this, but I felt compelled to give her a hug, and I did. And I talked to Tammy about this later, and she said, yes. She said that was a test. That was an angel who came in human form um, and was testing me. They encourage us. At times they provide for us. They are instruments of God's judgment and justice. They are with us at our birth and at our death. Um, I also noticed in some other scriptures that they pray for us, and it's also said that they report, I guess, to God the things that we say and what we do. What are some of God's promises to us? It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I come. I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. That's from John 14, 1 through 4. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And again, I've read that before. It's Psalms 91.11. I tell you the truth that anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who has has not been made perfect in love. If you truly know God and his love for you, you will have no fear. Just like a father watches out for his child, so God watches out for us. Our angels help us to guide us and protect us. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. That's from John fourteen one you are commanded by God not to be troubled, but to trust in Him. It is important that we do not put energy in the wrong direction, put energy into a positive outcome. Peace I lead with you, my peace I give you. do not let your hearts be troubled and not and do not be afraid that's from john fourteen twenty seven in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's John 16:33. None of us have a perfect life. We are all going to go through troubles that may seem impossible at times. But this is where our faith will carry us through these times. Again, your angels are here to help you and get you through these times, to put protection around you and give your heart peace in spite of what is going on. In other words, is referred to in the Bible, the peace that surpasses. therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and body more important than clothes? And again, then he talks again more about the birds and how he clothes them and how he um, provides for each and every living thing. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Why is it so important? Why is trust so important? If you cannot trust somebody, then you cannot have a close relationship with them. How can you ever find love or develop a great friendship with somebody if you never learn to trust them? Trust is the key to any strong or close relationship. If you do not trust your God or your guardian angels, then how can you have a close connection with them? You will always be trying to decide whether you want to do what they are telling you or showing you to do or whether you are going to do what you want to do. For people who are just starting to connect with their angels, it is sometimes hard to know what they are trying to tell you or show you. If you try logically to figure it out, you usually make the wrong decision. In order to trust someone, you have to have faith in them. You need to believe that they are what they are saying is true. Tammy talks frequently about soulmate connection. She talks about how God created you as one person, then divided you into two people. If you are trying to connect to your soulmate, then they will not try to hurt you. They would have the best intention for you as you literally are a part of them. Finding and connecting with your soulmate is such a special gift from God. I'm trusting God to help me connect with my soulmate. I know this is going to happen because I know it's God's will for my life. What are some of the things that you are trusting God for? Why should we trust God and our angels? God's love for us is unconditional. We do not deserve it. It is the truest, purest form of love. God does not try and control and manipulate our lives. He gives us free will, just as Jesus had free will about his journey to the cross. We are not forced to go on our true path. We can choose it or not. Sometimes God puts us in circumstances that will encourage us to make the right choice. I know this has happened to me on many occasions. You need to trust that God and your angels have the best intentions for you. Remember, you are God's child and he wants nothing more than for each and every one of you to be happy. Prosperity. He wants you to know unconditional love and he wants you to know and experience it and to have peace and good health. After looking at the examples we have been given of how our angels can help and protect us, it should be clear that they truly want to help us and protect us, and in some cases, provide and protect us in miraculous ways. I know that has happened to me many times in my life. For example, I was driving down the freeway going very, very very quickly, about 50 miles an hour, when somebody cut me off just literally drove right in front of me before I realized it my angel had taken the steering wheel made a fast left turn made a fast right turn and I completely avoided an accident which is would have been very very bad given the speed I was going another example of how my angel helped and protected me was I was upstairs at the office building in Sacramento And our office building is above another building, um, and I was in the back side of the office. I normally would have been downstairs at that time handing out flyers for Cami, but I had not finished all my prayers, and I never go downstairs until I do. So I was in the back, and I was literally on my hands and knees still praying, and all of a sudden I heard this big boom. And what had happened was a car had literally hit the building right on the corner of it, but they hit the part of the building that was downstairs. And so, again, my angels had protected me. Things had come up. I wasn't able to be downstairs. Had I been downstairs, I would have been hit by things that uh, got hit and mowed down in the process of that car hitting our building. Another beautiful time that my angels really helped me out is I was walking around, handing out flyers at various businesses for Tammy and in one of the restaurants I went in, I noticed that it seemed like all the um, the waiters and the cooks and the, even the owner or manager of the office, they were all sitting on a long table eating. And I looked up and I saw this man who was staring at me and I felt the energy being so positive. And I realized, oh my gosh, that's my soulmate. So I actually saw him And my angels made sure that I saw him in spite of the fact that I normally didn't look around in the places where I was handing out flyers, but this time they made sure I saw him. Make a list of all the good things that have happened to you because you trusted your guardian angels to help you. Continue to add to this list on a regular basis to remind yourself that your guardian angels are truly there to help you and protect you. If you get a chance, watch the movie, which was actually created and produced by uh, Patty Deuce, the actress, uh, called Angels, Mysterious Messengers. It shows wonderful true life things that happen. God bless each and every one of you. I will be back next week on Christmas Day to talk more about Christmas blessings and how to de-stress. Thank you, and again, God bless each and every one of you.